Raising taxes on the ultra wealthy isn't going to solve the problem. The tax bill will trickle down to the middle class and to the 50 plus percent of the nation that pays taxes. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. Time for another Retire Happy Podcast. Great to have you with us today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside John Amarino, San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor with Securus Financial. You can get in touch by going to gosecurus.com, listen to past episodes of the show there or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. John, great to be with you once again. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Just, uh, you know, California is opening up more, so we're, uh, we're looking forward to start teaching some workshops again. So I'm, oh I'm excited. Gosh. That's one of my that's my favorite one of my favorite things to do. So yeah, we're still waiting on on the colleges, uh, you know, that we work with to open up. But I think we're going to be able to start doing some teaching here. In person interaction, amazing, amazing. That's uh, fantastic. Is, right? I'm happy for you because I know that you've really missed doing that over the last. Uh, what, 13, 14 months at this point. So uh, very glad that you'll be able to get back to doing those. And I'm sure the folks who attend your workshops will be glad to be able to tap into that in-person resource again soon in around the corner. On the last episode, John, we had you play a politician, a little bit, sort of. Uh, we were, you were a financial politician running for financial office. So it was a made-up thing and not really that political. But uh, we're going to kind of keep in that same vein on today's show, much like the president delivers a State of the Union address. We're going to get a State of the Financial part of the Union address from you today. Interested in your perspective on this, because I guess you mentioned things opening back up from COVID um, in California, John, and, and really across the country. But, you know, it's a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, good news with vaccines, obviously, hitting the scene and more people getting comfortable going back out and living life normal again. But at the same time, the market sometimes seems to be happy about that. Other times we see big drops and it's just kind of all over the place lately. So from a financial economic view, uh, we wanted to give you the platform today to kind of give us a good financial state of the union. Because I think a lot of people are just looking for some direction and perspective on how to anticipate the rest of the year financially. Right. And, you know, Walter, aside from last year, obviously, um, when we had the big the big drop here in the the first you know the the end of the first quarter and beginning of the second quarter, usually historically speaking, you know the first two quarters are 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 usually you know fairly decent growth quarters in the market, and we don't have generally speaking a whole lot of volatility. But this year it's kind of been a little bit different. Um, yes, we hear the headlines that the markets are at all time highs. You know the Dow hits a lot. You know all time high. But all in all, we have a lot of volatility. And, you know, aside from the volatility, we're also in an extremely low interest rate environment, which I mean, you know, for as long as I've been in the industry and and even can remember as an adult, you know, we've never been in this low of interest rates. And low interest rates are are great because it allows us to buy things cheaper, right? Um, you know, you can afford a house that or a car if the rates are lower, right? That that house you may not have been able to buy, you know, five years ago, 
you may now be able to afford because you have a 3% 30-year loan versus when that house had you know, the same price, but was at 6% for that 30 years. So, you know, the interest rate obviously compounds over time, makes a huge difference. It allows us to buy more things, which is good for the economy. However, for retirees, low interest rates is actually a double-edged sword because many of the financial vehicles that retirees establish their, their fixed income on are interest rate sensitive. So two of the primary vehicles for retirees are either using bonds in, in, in the form of a bond ladder as a fixed income strategy or using a fixed indexed or an immediate annuity. Both those vehicles are interest rate sensitive and lower interest rates typically mean less growth for both of these vehicles. And, you know, outside of just the challenge of, of coming up with you know, income strategies in low interest rate environments, lower interest rates also is a way that a lot of people reduce the risk in their investment portfolios, right? If you, if you listen to, you know, or if you hear the 60-40 portfolio, you know, typically that means you have 60% in some type of equity holding and 40% in fixed income or bonds. Well, if we're in a low interest rate environment, you know, if you're investing in the markets, the bond market is is really one of the the few places to go to reduce your overall risk to major market downturns, but rising interest rates can actually increase volatility with especially the longer term bond funds because right, if you have a bond now that's paying 3% and um the interest rates go up and, and future bonds are paying 5%, then the bond that you have basically lost value because it's only worth 3% when those future bonds are 5%. So it is a challenging market right now. Um, you know, housing in California and, and places like I know we, we talked about it before the show in Florida and Arizona, you know, housing's going through the roof because of, of low interest rates. But all in all, um, the markets have seen volatility. A lot of analysts still believe we're going to have a decent 2021, that we're still poised for growth, but we're going to see our pockets of volatility. You know, and hopefully we'll be able to put COVID in the rearview mirror. And I really think it's just going to depend on how, you know, our, our country can kind of move past what were the the new norms if we can kind of get back to some of those old norms you know i think that's a lot of what the market in my personal opinion can depend on so um you know the analysts are saying we you know we still have the ability to have growth but it's going to come with volatility so you know that's the first thing second um we just signed another huge stimulus package you know that was passed and you know people got their checks you know uh what about a month or two ago but as i mentioned i think in our podcast a couple months ago stimulus isn't free and it's just adding on to our national debt that is rapidly approaching 30 trillion dollars and walter i've said this before at the turn of our millennium in 2000 we had a budget surplus so in you know, less than 21 years, we've racked up $30 trillion. And, you know, once that number climbs to a certain level, and I've heard 51 trillion as a number in the past, 
you know, we're essentially going to be underwater, um, you know, kind of almost like a Greece situation. So the national debt is continuing to be a concern that obviously our politicians aren't addressing and aren't concerned about. And, and I understand we have to, to get people, you know, through this, but it, you know, nothing's free. And we are going to pay for this. So, you know, while we were trying to get people through and 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 do our part as a nation, um, we also have to realize that you know maybe our government should be kind of tightening the reins on what we're given in terms of foreign aid, right? Let's let's worry about our country right now first before we go taking care of other countries. Now's not the time to really roll out more entitlement programs and maybe have open borders. And again, I know that sounds harsh, but let's think about this not from a political statement, but from a simple math equation, right? If we can't take care of ourselves, and I would love to be able to, you know, take care of other nations, but just like in your own house, if you can't take care of yourself, how can you take care of your children? And so, you know, we have to be you know, very cognizant of the fact that our national debt is posing more and more of a threat to our tax rates and our future tax liability. And the president says he wants to raise taxes on the ultra wealthy. They always do. Uh, however, given our debt and given Congress's irresponsible spending habits, raising taxes on the ultra wealthy isn't going to solve the problem. The tax bill will trickle down to the middle class and to the 50 plus percent of the nation that pays taxes. And I believe that taxing the wealthy has always been our government's focus and spreading that wealth to the middle class and, and, and less wealthy is just an illusion. And if you really look at our marginal tax brackets, the largest jump in the tax code is actually for middle class Americans. And that's when we go from the tax bracket of 12% to 22%. It's the largest ordinary income tax bracket of all of them. And that's right smack dab in the middle class. So, you know, what happens if all of a sudden you're a retiree and, you know, you're kind of going along and you're in a 12% tax bracket and then they start messing with the tax brackets or they just flat out raise taxes? And your taxes go up to 22%, right? Now you're paying an extra 10% less. That's 10% less money you have, which can stress your, you know, some people's retirement portfolios. So we need to look at the national debt because, you know, the state of the union is the national debt is just getting worse and no one in Washington seems to really care. It's going to be an unpopular topic and it's going to come with pain points but Washington did this to us right they're the ones responsible for the spending but the burden is going to fall on us to pick up the bill and then lastly you know we need to look at estate planning and how it may radically evolve and i tell people this especially do it yourselfers right if you're going to choose to do your retirement all by yourself you have to stay on top of every law. And I mean, just in the last couple of years, look at the, the tax code changes or law changes that we've had. We had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which you know changed tax planning. 
we had the SECURE Act, which changed estate planning. So Congress is constantly moving the goalposts, and the president is talking about lowering the estate tax exemption down to $3.5 million per individual or $7 million per couple. And I know some of you are saying, well, John, that's easy because that's not going to qualify for me. I'm not, I don't have, we don't have $7 million, so we're fine. But how I look at it, this is a major reduction from where it's been at. And, you know, currently it's over $20 million for, for a couple. So now you have a, a major react, you know, reduction. And what I worry about is the government is not just going to take a bite of this apple. It's going to turn this bite into a pound of flesh, and they're going to further reduce the estate taxes. And imagine if they reduce those estate taxes down to $1 million. For a lot of my clients, they're going to get hit with these estate taxes. And what people have to realize that is estate taxes are different than the death taxes that we often talk about in passing your IRA or your 401k, the tax liability when those within those estate taxes are far more harsh and higher than those taxes. So you are going to have to stay on top of this and and you know be very proactive with your estate planning attorney and and, and financial advisors as some of these changes um, happen. And you know another big thing especially in the financial advisory is the talk of perhaps raising capital gains um, on non-taxable events, non-retirement accounts, I should say. So that could be, you know, if you're selling your house, you know, your taxes will go up there. Or if you are investing in a brokerage or an individual or joint or trust brokerage account, when you sell an investment, whether it's to rebalance or to take a distribution, or if you have phantom gains from mutual funds, your taxes are going to go up on that. And, you know, last but not least, with in terms of estate planning, you know, there has been some talk of getting rid of the step up in basis. And let me tell you, Walter, if this is eliminated, it's going to be a huge tax blow to beneficiaries inheriting assets. And this one is going to, this one's going to affect everyone, you know, and, and if you're inheriting an asset or you're leaving an asset like a brokerage account, like I just talked to, or a stock or property, it's going to have a monumental negative effect. So, you know, I've had clients inherit million dollar properties, million dollar stock holdings. And some of these, you know, properties were purchased for $75,000 or, you know, these stocks that are, you know, worth a million dollars, you know, they may have been part of their parents' original stock, stocks that they bought when they started working at, you know, what if it's, you know, let's say Coca-Cola or, or, you know, some other company. And, you know, those stocks may, they have bought those stocks for over the years, $100,000, but now they're worth a million dollars. Well, when you sell those properties, and I'll, I'll use the property as, a, a, as my example, under current law, if you sold those properties, you only had to pay the taxes on the value based on the date of death of the person passing the property to them. So let's say your parents... Or you bought a house for $75,000, right? Way back, 
in the days. And now, you know, when you have property here in California, now that $75,000 property that you bought, you know, in the 80s is now worth $1,050,000. And the house was valued at a million dollars at the date of death. Under the current step-up law, you would only have to pay taxes on that $50,000, right? From the value of a million dollars at death to when you sold it for a million fifty thousand. Without that step up in basis, you would owe taxes on nine hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Using this simplistic example, we're just saying you were just simply saying that the cost basis was seventy-five thousand dollars. That's what they purchased the house for. We're not going into anything else like uh, you know uh, remodels or anything like that that would add to the basis. But just for the simplistic example, to make my point, you just went from having a tax exposure of $50,000 to 975000 Yes, it's great you're inheriting assets and you are fortunate, but I guarantee you, you will be upset when next year's tax bill comes around. And you know, as another example, I, I had a, a good friend of mine who's also a client, right? Inherited a large brokerage account, had the step up in basis, and it had a lot of growth from its original basis. And, you know, his tax preparer did not do a good job at documenting the step up in basis and that the fact that this was inherited and, and the cost basis and all that. And so the next year he got a letter from the IRS or, or about two years down the road saying that he owed $140,000 in taxes. Now he had a, a huge you know, inherited account. And he could easily said, oh, well, you know, I just got to, no, he was stressed out and he ultimately used our CPA and we've got that all hammered out to where he didn't owe the $140,000. But that's a prime example of like, hey, you inherited a lot of money, but, you know, even though you could afford technically the $140,000 tax bill, no one still wants to pay that tax bill, right, Walter? So uh, not when it's that um, big. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that cost basis is, I mean, that step up in basis is really probably out of um, any of the estate planning things. That's a huge, huge concern of mine. That is, uh, that's a big one. And uh, excuse me while I pick my jaw up off the floor for a moment here, John, because whew, my goodness, that is uh, quite the stomach, uh, the, the, the tax bill to stomach all of a sudden in one fell swoop like that. Um, given what's going on and, and given your state of the union here, John, so are there any action items? Uh, what do you suggest for folks planning for the future to do, whether it's something this year or just to keep on the horizon for future years? Give us some, some maybe actionable items. Yeah, well, you know, the, and one of the things that I always reiterate to my clients is understand the difference between short-term volatility and long-term planning, right? Anytime you're investing in the market, you're going to have years where you have great growth and years where you don't have great growth or you have market losses. That's the market. So understand that short-term volatility is just that. Your plan should be accounting for that. You know, stay the course. And, and you know, now's pretty good time because we haven't had any major market, you know, losses since the pandemic being, you know, and if you stayed your course, you, you should have, you know, recouped your losses there. But really look at last year as to whether you can stomach and whether your plan can tolerate those types of losses. And, you know, if any of those answers um, are negative, then, 
you need to reevaluate your portfolio because you know as, as I was talking to a, a a new prospect yesterday, right? For a lot of people, last year was a mulligan, right? You had one, you know, the the market dropped in six weeks and then rebounded. It wasn't something like an eighteen month or a three year market recession like we've seen in past crashes over the the last twenty years. So stay the course and really, really start to focus on tax management. And, and in my practice, I'm going to ramp up the proactive tax planning, you know, um, and really push some of the clients that have been, you know, it has, may not have been the biggest priority to them in the, in the past. I'm really going to have those deep conversations like, hey, we, you know, we really need to get on top of the tax management planning because tax hikes are coming. And last but not least, you know, when you do have any estate changes or any laws that change estate planning, you know, contact your estate planning attorney and, and um, you know, see if anything needs to be changed in your trust uh, or, or your overall estate planning because you don't want to be caught with, you know, having passing on your wealth and missing out on the opportunity to preserve that wealth for your family. Instead, that money's going to the government. Yeah, it's huge and something we all need to be aware of and be thinking about, of course. Good actionable steps and items to understand there. That's the State of the Union of the Economy. If you have any questions about that, don't ever hesitate to reach out to John. 858-935-6210 is the number, or go to gosecurus.com. Contact information in the description of the show. All right, so uh, how about we do one more State of the Union, John, but this time let's focus a little bit more closer to home, State of the Union of Securus Financial. Yeah, so obviously, you know, last year was a, a little bit slower than most years, but we had a lot of great referrals. I was fortunate as a as a business owner with employees that not only did I not have to lay off anybody or reduce or cut pay, you know, we were able to keep the full pay and everybody, you know, on the payroll. And I actually brought on a, a another part-time assistant, Grace, to to help us out. But, you know, we we're we're doing a little bit of a rebranding. We're gonna have a new website here hopefully um soon. And um we're looking forward to teaching again, definitely. So, you know, last year we kind of took the the downtime and and I got my became an RMA of retirement management advisor designation I got that but then you know something I haven't mentioned is I actually also was accepted into Yale's School of Management's certified private wealth advisory program for high net worth and complex advisory so I'm hoping that in the near future I'll be able to uh finish that and we'll uh be able to increasing our our planning knowledge which is always a huge huge thing with me i i you know i'm a firm believer that you can always always hone your craft better every day i love that you're able to do that and uh, that there are continuing education opportunities for you and that you take advantage of them as well always great that you are able to do those things john and thanks for filling us in on everything do you feel like a politician after the last two episodes you've uh, you've broken it all down really well for us 
Yeah, no, I, I care about my constituents, so <laughs> I wouldn't be a So you're not a real politician, politician then. Yeah, okay. No. Gotcha, no. gotcha. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, well, thank you, John. Appreciate you walking us through the state of the economy and, uh, and, and from your eyes and your perspective and the state of the business as well. And uh, we'll look forward to getting your analysis on more things as we head throughout the year. It's already flying by fast, and um, good to see some things opening up here and there, and hopefully we're all back to normal at some point here in 2021. Yeah, yeah, me and you both, Walter. Fingers crossed. For John, I'm Marino. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us this week. We'll talk to you again next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.